Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. I just want to continue to encourage you guys that I was, the, the verse that kind of came to my mind this morning was, you know, in, in Romans, that you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And that, uh, and then the, the one in Isaiah, that's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And just want to continue to encourage everybody to stay encouraged in the Lord. And it's important in this season that we're in that we, we continue to draw on God's narrative. And like we've talked about before, like what I, what I like to do is I like to make sure that we don't forget the things that God has said to us as we continue on in this season. And it's so important initially to understand that David received God's narrative and brought that to the battle. And so when, when Israel was being confronted and Goliath was stepping out, they continued to hear the Goliath's narrative. And it was actually uh, the Lord who brought David to battle with God's narrative. And it's so important for us in this season because it just seems like every single day, literally, every single day, there's a, there's a new development. Every single week, there's four or five new developments, six new developments that are taking place. And there are so many people that are part of Convergence. Just, I think, the nature of our calling is that, you know, we're, we're very concerned about justice. And my simple definition of justice is making wrong things right. And so we're very concerned about justice. We're very concerned about, about seeing the glory of the Lord fill the earth. And, um, and so that's part of our nature. We just have to make sure that we're keeping our eyes focused on what God is doing. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Keeping our eyes focused on what the Lord's doing in the middle of all the things that are happening around us. And I, I would really encourage you, too, that we need to fight for unity in the body, that we cannot be, we cannot be divided. And anything that, that the, any kind of a, it's not even aroma, any kind of smoke that comes up that seems to kind of div, wanting to divide us, we have to push back against that, and we have to stay unified. And we stay unified best when we're around the cross. We stay unified best when we, we, we you know, we anchor into what Jesus did, and we continue to walk in that direction. So we're trying to figure all that out, but we need to pray for the body. We need to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another. I would encourage you guys to send texts out or to you know, get on the phone, make a phone call, make a couple phone calls, randomly just, just clock in and just encourage your brothers and sisters, maybe just not part of convergence, but... But even beyond that, uh, we, need to, we need to stay unified. We need to be praying together. We need, to, we need to be visible. We need to make ourselves known in this season. And we need to fight against isolation. And what isolation does, and many times, it just, it just makes us more frustrated. And so by reaching out, by connecting, by, and you could do that through Zoom. And there's a lot of things on the technology side that has been offered, afforded to us right now that we could actually do. So... So just encourage you guys to, to be connected, stay connected, stay unified, stay, you know, focused on the, the main things, you know, keep the main things, the plain things uh, in our season and really continue to anchor into 
God's narrative in what he is, what he is saying. It's so important to bring what he's saying into the battle, into the battle zone of what's going on right now. And don't be swept away into, don't be swept away into all the, the things that, that pull us away from God's narrative. And so as a leader, um, ignorance is not bliss. As a leader, I can't, I don't, I, I'm, it's not afforded to me to be ignorant on the issues or to put my head in the sand and the issues. And, you know, we were talking to uh, another, another person, a, a leader, uh, and they were like, well, ignorance is bliss. Well, that's, sometimes ignorance can be death. And I think it's our responsibility as spiritual leaders to make sure that we keep a pulse on on what's going on, especially in our country, in our nation, and in the body of Christ uh, in and of itself. And at the same time, we have to make sure that we stay true to the narrative of the kingdom. And we, and we walk, uh, we walk in, in the ways of Christ. We walk in the kingdom. We walk hand in hand with our Savior. We are connected to, God, to the Father's heart. We are praying from heaven to earth. We're getting God's narrative and bringing it down. So. So it's important, you know, that's the tension. The tension is to stay up with what's going on um, and to be praying into what's going on, using those as prayer points, but at, and at the same time, really staying encouraged in the Lord. And I, I just feel like that's for some of you that are viewing, just, just really staying encouraged in God in the middle of what's happening. And I find myself falling off the cliff, if I could say that's probably a strong phrase. I find myself drifting when I, 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 I focus more on what's happening, let's say current event-wise, and I neglect getting God's narrative. I, I'm never discouraged when I get God's narrative. I'm always filled with hope when I get God's narrative. God's narrative will always bring me into a place of hope. It'll bring me, it'll, it'll, my inner man is strengthened as I get into God's narrative. If I just stay anchored over here, I find myself getting angry. I find myself getting frustrated. I find myself, and I'm not saying that we don't get angry at, say, sin. We don't have a righteous anger. I think that's, there's a place for that. But I also believe that we have to make sure we stay anchored in the narrative of God so that we actually are filled with hope and the fruit of the Spirit is actually born within us, grows within us, even in the middle of what's happening. And what's happening is, is far more than what's happening, you know, to something that's, that's impacting the Silicon Valley. What's, what's happening is, is impacting the globe. And so um, I, I believe that we're salt. I believe that we're light. I think that salt is a preservative, functions as a preservative. I feel like as believers, we're planted in the places that God has assigned us, and we're there to preserve whatever, wherever it is that we're planted. At the same time, we're actually light, and light is actually um, exposes the darkness, and it actually brings the kingdom. So as we preserve, it's kind of an interesting scenario. We're preservatives, right, in, in that context, but we're also light to demonstrate the kingdom of God, be a living witness for Christ uh, in the middle of all the stuff that's happening. So, so these are, this is all new. You know, someone said years ago, uh, new roads require new maps. And for some of us, these are all new roads. These are, all, these are things that we have, 
We have not gone down before as they say church. Um, we have not gone down these roads in our own personal walk with Jesus. We have not gone down these roads. These are all new roads. And so that's why we have to make sure we stay anchored in what God is, what God is saying. I, I, just, I just really, really encourage you along those lines. Make sure you stay anchored. I mean, you should be reading your Bible two or three, four or five times more than you've ever have. Like, and, and read, I would just encourage you, read on the, the greatness of God. Read the miracles of God. Stay encouraged. You know, go to when Moses parted the Red Sea. Go to when David, you know, knocked down or slew uh, Goliath. Go to when, you know, Gideon faced in incredible odds and 300 beat 10,000. Like, read these stories, and if you have to, read them every single day and find encouragement in God. And, and the absence of hope is despair, and we don't want to be a people who are in this place of despair. We got to be people who are filled with hope, not just for ourselves, but for our families. And not just for our families, but for those who we work with. And for some of you who are back at work, many of you are back at work, we're, we're carriers of hope. And we need to be, we need to be walking as light of those around us. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus, you know, it says in Scripture, it was the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. I, I mean, we're, learning how to, we're learning how to function in a place of joy in the middle of the season that we're in. And this is new ground for us. So I just want to give you permission to be joyful um, in the middle of this season that we're in, in, in all the things that are happening, that we got to find our place of joy. It doesn't mean that we're desensitized to anything. It just means that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the hope of God is what actually propels us and pushes us forward. And so in the middle of all this, I get, I get to live my life as a born-again believer and as a spiritual leader. And I pray that you live your life as Christ orders it, submitted to him, drawing in from him, being the branch and the vine connected in the middle of what we're going through. And I'm telling you, we, I said this, I don't know, has it been five months, six months, whatever it has been, you know, we, we are going through. We're not going to be locked into this valley. We are going through. And I just want to encourage you with, you, with that and just say, turn to the person next to say, we're going through. For those that are in the room, just say, if we're, we're going through this. We are going, we're going through this. We're, we're going to get to the end and out of this uh, as we go through this. And um, so anyway, um, I, I just want you to take a moment. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. We're going to look at a couple portions of scripture this morning. And as we're in this new territory, you know, this new, I guess it's territory, um, there's, there, I, I never know what really I'm going to preach from one week to another because of all the things that are taking place. Um, but I want to talk to you just for about four or five minutes on Ecclesia and, um, and just kind of position ourselves there. It says in verse 18, you know, Peter goes ahead and makes the proclamation because Jesus says, who do you say the Son of Man is? And Peter says, you're the Christ. And the Lord says to Peter, like the the Father revealed that to you. And in verse 18, he says, and I also say to you um, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The word ecclesia actually means assembly. And the best, the best translation that I've read out of Matthew's, for Matthew 16, 18 is found actually in the, the Passion Translation, which says, I will build my church, and there's a hyphen, and it says, my legislative assembly. So when, when people gathered together, when they assembled together, that's when the ecclesia was actually functioning. The ecclesia was functioning as people gathered. And I want to take a few moments and just say that, that the power is not found, say, in the church building. The power is found in the gathering. And we are, you know, we see that in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, where as they gathered together, they brought heaven to earth. So the the word ecclesia means assembly. It means a legislative assembly. And so it's hard to have a non-assembly assembly. In other words, if we're not assembling together, um, and yes, we can as we're assembling on, say, Zoom, and yes, we're assembling on uh, YouTube and some other things, but I don't, that's not the authentic assembly that I see in Scripture, is when we gather together that power is released. There's power in the gathering. It's the real connection. It's the real power. It's the presence of the Lord that comes as we as- assemble together as Christ's ecclesia. So to that end, uh, as, we were, as we were away in Florida, and we were just praying. We spent a lot of time, you know, we're trying to adjust time zones. And, and I was just, I'm, a, I'm up early anyway. And so I, I was just up early and, and I was just talking to the Lord. I spent a lot of time just talking to the Lord, just reading scripture, um, just trying to find a place of rest for my, for my heart and my soul in the middle of all this. And um, I, I really felt that, that upon arrival back, I felt like there was an urgency to gather. There's an urgency to gather. There's, a, there's, there's something rising up in Wendy and I that we, that we need to gather, that we need to come together. And so, um, so I was here yesterday morning really, well, I don't know about really early, but I was here yesterday morning somewhat early. And uh, I, I went out to the, I just went out to the parking lot and I, and I just felt like, I don't know how you, if you guys ever felt like, you know, you felt like the wind of the Spirit. I don't know how, you, how else you've, you guys define it, but you just felt like the Spirit of the Lord was there. And I was standing in our parking lot. And I said, we need, we need to gather. We need to gather. And um, I was actually in between the steps. And there's two set, there's steps, main steps coming up into the building, into the lobby. And there was steps on the, on the left-hand side, as you're looking at small little steps, and I felt like that's the stage of where we need to gather. And I, I began to think about, like, when do we gather? And I, I felt like Saturday night was the, the point when we need to gather. So, so I went back and I talked to Wendy about it. I said, we need to gather. We need to, we need to meet on, on Saturday night. We need, to, we, need to, we need to, and I felt like the Lord gave me a, even a scripture verse. It's Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and to actually call that Saturday night. I don't, 
you know, it's, I don't care how many people show up, doesn't matter to me, but, but it, the Saturday, that Saturday night is going, going to be called Awaken. And it's, um, it's actually found out of, in, in, first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, let me just read it to you. It says, Christ is our message. Um, in the New King James, it says, preach the gospel. So it's about preaching the gospel. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. We preach to awaken hearts and bring people into the full understanding of truth. So that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to gather. We're going to gather actually next Saturday night. We're going to gather in the parking lot. We are, we'll be sending you information. On Sunday, Sunday morning, we'll still have the online experience. We're still going to go for it online. But on Saturday night, probably 5.30 or 6 o'clock, next Saturday night, August 8th, the service is going to be like a Holy Spirit service. I don't know how else to say it. We're, we're going after uh, miracles. We are being led by the Spirit. We are going to, we're going to bring down, like we're going to go with acoustic worship or however the worship team wants to figure that out. Um, we know we're not wanting to go full board, but we are believing that I'll be, pre- I, I feel like I need to start teaching on Ecclesia. So many, so many of you guys um, are just kind of coming into it. We really haven't, but even then, it's going to be a time of prayer. It's going to be a time of worship. It's going to be doing that together. It's going to be uh, in the in the parking lot, we, we want you guys, we'll give you the details, but here's what I'm thinking. We're going to have you guys bring your own chairs. Um, we're going to have a designated place for you guys to park. Uh, and you guys can park your car, bring your chairs. We're going to assemble because there's power in the assembly. There's power as we assemble. We're going to assemble and we're just going to see what God does. We're going to assemble and see what God does. And, um, and we're going to be able to, we're going to say hi to each other. We're going to greet each other. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable uh, going outside and, you know, joining us, that is totally 110% okay. No shame whatsoever. Stay home, you know. Um, but I do feel an urgency in my spirit like we have to gather. And so we're going to do it. We're going to gather next Saturday. We're going to see how it goes. You know, we don't know, even know how, how long the season's going to be that we're gathering on Saturday night. But, but I just want you to, to kind of envision with me, like, where it's just not even convergence. It could be other believers coming in and just coming to this place where we're awakened in the presence of the Lord. And we are gathering in the presence of the Lord. The gospel's being preached. I see people saved, healed, and delivered. I see signs and wonders being released. I see a lot of really cool things happening. We want to do it for an hour and a half, and then we want to fellowship. We want to, we want to connect with each other. So I'm officially telling you via um, our YouTube channel and, and that we're, we're going for it next week. So that's in, that's in six days. That's in six days. That's Saturday, August uh, Whatever that day is, August 8th. I know there's other things going on. I, I get it. I, I, I understand that if you have things planned, I get it. I totally understand that. Um, I don't care if we have 10 people. I don't care if we have 20 people, 30 people. I don't, this doesn't matter to me. The matter that what's important to me is being obedient to the Lord. That's number one. And number two, that we're, that we're actually gathering together and we're seeing what God will do. So we want you to show up. Of course, 
Um, and we want God to show up. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. So, so let me just, re- just kind of make sure I make sure, make sure it's clear, like in my head and hopefully in your head, and that is this coming Saturday, it's not even next Saturday, this coming Saturday, August 8th, we'll let you know probably 6 o'clock is what we're thinking about out in the parking lot, um, and we're just going to go for it and see what happens. So um, looking forward, hopefully, to seeing you guys there. Some of you we haven't seen for, like, months. And, um, and so the county totally allows us to do that, and so we're going to do that. And we just welcome you to be part of that. All right, so um, also I just want to talk just briefly about... Um, it, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I just want to, I just really want to touch on this. I just feel like this is something that we really have to be praying into. Uh, In the New King James, um, it says, where there is no revelation, uh, the people cast off restraint. And, but happy is he who keeps the law. This word restraint um, is, is actually when we live with restraint, it's actually living within the laws that God has put in our heart. Like God has, has put his laws in our heart so that we don't uh, live wild and completely out of control and we literally destroy ourselves. And so, so without the revelation of who Jesus is, Proverbs 29, verse 18, the people cast off restraint. In other words, when, we, when, when the word of God and the life of God is omitted out of a situation, what's left, the New Living Translation um, says, they run wild. And so it's, right now I feel like this is a prayer point for us. I feel like we need to be praying into that the word of God um, main, is, is central. It needs to be central in the body. But even then... We're getting to a point where, for some, they're picking and choosing what scriptures they want to obey and what scriptures they, they omit. And right now, there's a battle for absolute truth. And the Word of God is absolutely true. The moral, the moral precepts of the Word of God is absolutely true. And we have to live according to the Word of God. And the laws of God that are actually written on our hearts are actually given to us by our creator. And when we actually live by the laws of God, we're actually living the way that God has designed us. It's kind of like if I, I know I've used this illustration before, but it's kind of like if I've built a computer, um, I am building that computer to actually, well, if I take the iPad, I, I built this iPad and I know what I want to get out of that iPad, and I built it in such a way that I know exactly how to get the best out of this iPad. So in other words, if I take this iPad and I just throw it in the, in the ocean, um, eventually, it might work for a few seconds, but eventually it's not going to work. I mean, because the iPad is not designed to be used underwater in its purest sense, let's just say. And so don't talk to me about, like, you can buy a cover for it and all this. I, anyway, um, and so when we, live, when we live in sin, in this place of sin, we, we, we begin to sin, move away from the commands of the Lord, that we're actually not living the way God's designed us. 
That's why sin is insanity. That's why it hasn't worked for anybody and never will work for anybody. But we keep trying to live our lives in this place of separating ourselves from the Lord. I mean, I'm just talking about those who don't know God, don't love Jesus. And we find the Lord, when we get saved, when we commit our lives to the Lord, the love of God fills our hearts and we're actually born again. And we, at that point, we begin to, as we are dependent on Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we live in this communion with God in this relationship, again, back to John 15, where the, we live, the branch and the vine being connected, then the life of God is poured into us and the fruit of the Spirit is born in us comes out of us naturally, and we begin to live by the Word of God. And I hope that makes sense to you all. So we begin to live by the Word of God. When we choose to willfully cut ourselves off from the Word of God, then we begin to live uh, without restraint. And we're seeing a breakdown in uh, these personal restraints, these personal things that God has put in all of humanity. I call it delegated authority. So in other words, for, a, for a, a, an individual, there's a personal restraint that God has put in every single person. It says in the word of God that, that he has written his laws on our heart. So, so I have, you know, I have, have, I've had the privilege of raising, you know, three children and I have grandkids and it's like, you, you don't, you don't, they intuitively know things that are bad and things that are good because God has written the law, his laws on our heart. There's an attack on the personal restraint that I'm seeing that we really need to pray into. We see that really predominantly that we call that the conscience, you know, like that God has put those things in, in our heart and, um, and we're seeing that deteriorate actually through our education system. Like don't feel guilty, don't feel ashamed, don't feel... And, and intuitively, they know what they're feeling and they know that something is wrong and they're, and they're, at, they're being told, you don't have to feel that way. So we see this, these personal restraints being broken. We see the family restraint being broken, these authority figures, that, that these places of authority that God has put uh, in, uh, in and around us, which is uh, mother and father. And so we're seeing that there is a, there is a, there's a, there's a plan, and I guess there has been, to crush and redefine the biblical family. There's the, the, a social restraint that's being taken, that's uh, happening around us more than ever. We're seeing, you know, it says in Romans 13, 4, that God, that the government um, is God's minister to uphold righteousness and goodness. That's a message for another time, but I'm just saying that that. What we're seeing in our culture is this breakdown of civic or social restraints that are taking place around us. And then there's the, the church restraint. And so we're beginning to see also that there's, there's this, we have to make sure that our voice is being heard. We have to make sure that our influence is being felt. And it's not a time for us to, to hide inside the the crevice of a mountain is time for the body of Christ to step out with God's narrative and make declarations of who Jesus is and what the word of God says. 
And I just want to encourage you along those lines. This all happens in this place of prayer that the Lord would sovereignly begin to touch people with his love, to bring people into a place of his mercy, and that the church, the body of Christ, doesn't step away from the word of God. Remember, we never, we never lower the word of God to our level of behavior. The word of God has to be held high. It's God's love letter to us. It's his laws that are written on our heart. That must remain held high. And then we, through relationship and communion with Jesus, not self-righteousness, our relationship with Jesus, asking him to fill us with his love. And it's the goodness of God that brings us to this place where we begin to live the word. And so I just would encourage you guys in this season right now that we need to be men and women who are in the word, but be careful that we don't try and just conforming to the word without asking Jesus to help us. We have to yield to the spirit of God. We have to yield to, to the lordship of Jesus in our life. We need to ask the Lord to examine our hearts and, and then to actually move in this place of living out the word. Let's, let's not lower the word. I feel like this is super important. We cannot lower the word to, the, to, to, um, to satisfy the culture. We have to keep the word of God held high. It's his love letter. This is how humanity is to function around the word. So I just would encourage you guys, let's stay true to the word. Let's keep anchored in the word. Let's walk in truth. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth, though. But speak it in such a way that it comes across loving and not demeaning. So I would just encourage us in this season to live the word, pray the word, anchor ourselves in the word, and, and, and deliver the word in the environments that we're in using wisdom I understand there's fear, but using wisdom, apply the word of God to our lives personally, into our family, and into the community, workplace and the community, and of course the church. That's where, that's where we have to really anchor ourselves in, is living the word of God in the church. And so, um, and there's another thing that the Lord spoke to us about, or mainly me, about this is something I just want to make sure I communicate with you guys that we have to focus more on revival over restrictions. And as a, as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, we hear about all the restrictions that are in place. We understand like why they're in place. Sometimes we question why they're in place. We have other pastors doing this, other churches doing that, other denominations doing this. And before long, we begin to focus so much on re the restrictions, what we can or what we can't do, that we actually lose sight of revival. And in spite of everything that's going on, God is still on the throne. In spite of everything that's going on, Jesus is still Lord. In spite of everything that's going on, God has a plan. In spite of everything that's going on, if we continue to focus on all the restrictions, will never move into this place of revival. And I just want to encourage you guys, really make sure you discipline your mind and continue to put revival over the restrictions. We have to live with the restrictions. I get it. We, I understand it. But those restrictions can't limit what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Jesus says, I will build my 
church, my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades will not prevail. They will not prevail. This is his church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. And I just want to encourage you guys, we need to focus, put our focus on the God of revival, like Brian Jen's song, or Brian's song, the God of revival, and then what can we do in the, in the, the restrictions that are in front of us? We can do, and people are doing some things. So I just want to encourage you uh, about what God is doing. I know that you're on social media. I know that some of you on Instagram, some of you are at least different, you know. Find out, dig to find out what God is doing. Um, And you'll be encouraged. Right now, many of you know that Sean Foyt and the whole worship movement that's taking place, it's called Let Us Worship. And they are going to major city, to major city. This thing is expanding People are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are getting delivered, people are finding Jesus, people who, are, who are th- were thinking about taking their life and they were suicidal, they were find- they're finding the Lord in the middle of all the things that are happening. You know, the crazy riots that we're seeing in our cities, all this, they're, they're putting up places of worship and people are coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and you'll never get that on CNN. You'll never get that. You, know, you might get that on Fox News, I think, on some of the major channels. But I'm just telling you, God is doing something amazing in the area of worship in our nation. I want to encourage you, too, that there's a, another thing called Saturate OC. The OC stands for uh, Orange County. And so there's a movement taking place where uh, on their website it says, number one, there's powerful worship sessions on the beach. Number two, hear the gospel. So, so here's what to expect. On their website it says, when you come to this event, here's what you're going to expect. Powerful worship sessions on the beach. You're going to hear the gospel, being baptized in the ocean as new believers, being filled with the Holy Spirit and be set free, body, soul, and spirit, and be part of one of the largest evangelism outreaches in history and be commissioned to go. So their focus, is, their focus is on revival, not the restriction. Their focus is we're going to get outside the walls. We're going to bring worship to the beaches of America, <laughs> if I could say that. And I'm sure it's not going to be just limited to that. We're going to preach the gospel and you're going to get saved And if you get saved, we're going to baptize you instantly in the ocean, and we're going to pray that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, though I think these plans are actually submitted to pastors, these plans are coming out of these plans, these these ministries are coming out of the body. They're coming out of, Sean Foyt is not the pastor of Bethel Church Reading, like This is all coming out from people who are in this place of getting God's narrative and they're moving out with what God's calling them to do. And I want to give you permission to do the same. I want to give you permission to dream with God 
in the middle of all the restrictions to actually dream with God and say, God, what can I do? What can I do in the middle of all this? And don't let the dream, the big dream, discourage you from taking that small step. Take the small step. What would it be like if we have worship teams all over Silicon Valley? I mean, dream a little bit. Like, if God's anointing worship in our cities, why can't we mobilize worship teams to actually take their guitars out and hit the corners and hit the places where we can actually go do this without these restrictions, and we go ahead and we just go for it? Why not? What's the worst thing that could happen? Worship fills the atmosphere. I mean, I mean... Some of you are called to preach. Some of you are called to, to I mean, I, I'm talking about some of these things are just out of the box. Things that haven't even been thought of before, out of the box. And so I want to encourage you guys. I mean, these are just two, but th- there, are, there, are actually, there are actually more. It's, it's a season of prayerful consideration and going after it in terms of COVID-19 and all the other things that are there, but it's also an opportunity. We have to seize the kingdom opportunity in the season that we're in. And I'm telling you guys, every single person that's viewing, you're anointed, filled with the spirit, you're ministers of the gospel, you carry the light of Jesus, sit with him and ask him, Father, can I, what can I do? And if he's already given you your assignment, then be faithful with it. But I believe that there are those that the Lord is, is, is asking you, not, even, not so much requiring you, but putting it on your heart to step out and do some things that really, honestly, we haven't even heard or seen before. Because we're in a situation in a season where really there are some things that are happening that we haven't heard or seen before either. And so revival, focusing on what the kingdom is doing in the middle of the restriction, and I want to give you permission for that. This is all part of the awaken. Just, we just want you to be awakened even more to how God can use you as Christ's ecclesia, as his ecclesia. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just want to, I just want to uh, end. Boy, I'll, maybe I'll share more of this next week, but it's actually in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Um, and... I just want to encourage you with this. Samuel and his armor bearer are, being, are, are going to confront the, the garrison or the outpost of the Philistines. You all know the story. And so, so they don't even tell their dad, but they go out and they challenge the Philistine outpost and they go ahead and they have a victory. They, and, then, and, then, uh, and then Saul's like, what's going on? Because he heard the noise and they do a, like a quick little you know, count and it's like, Jonathan, your son, and the armor bearer, they're gone and they're, gonna, and they're going against the Philistines. And really, there was only two weapons in the camp and that's a whole other story. But their movement against the enemy, against the Philistines, actually inspired those who, were def- who had defected. They were actually Hebrews. They were part of the Philistine camp. And so they turned on the Philistines. They began fighting each other. And then it says in Scripture that the Hebrews or the Israelites that were actually in the crevices of the rocks came out of hiding into the battle. 
So I just want to encourage you with this. Here's the principle, that your personal victory can inspire a corporate anointing. Your uh, faithfulness to step out into what God's called you to do, even if you, you, might, you, might, you might just know the first step, that's it. But your faithfulness of what God's called you to do, not only does that step do something for you personally, but you don't even know how that could, your step of faith releases courage in the body of Christ around you. And I want to talk more about this next week, but I feel like as we move through this season that we're in, that we have to be intentional in focusing on what God is doing. He, his heart is for revival. His heart is for revival in the Silicon Valley. We love him well and we love people well. But we also take those steps of faith where we actually begin to see transformation in our cities. And I want to release you into the full purposes of God. If you're a writer, you need to be writing. I don't know what that means for you. If you're, if you're a creative, if maybe you're a painter, maybe you're whatever it is, like maybe it's the arts, maybe it's media, maybe it's technology, maybe, whatever it is, that you begin to bring the Word of God into the culture, that you actually become salt and light into the culture. Sometimes we're waiting for the church to do something, waiting for the leadership to do something. We're waiting for, and I understand, I honor that. Like, thank you for your heart to submit and to stay. But at the same time, I want you to obey the voice of the Lord too in the sense of, hey, pass it on to me. Say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm thinking about doing that. Like, what if we released 300? What if we released 500? What if we released 1,000? What if we released 3,000? Like, what would it be like? I mean, we're out, we're not in the walls. This is everything that Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18. We're outside the walls. So what has he called you to do? Maybe it's to intercede. Maybe it's to prayer walk. Maybe it's to, to, to prayer walk your neighborhood. Maybe it's to, maybe it's to, to go into uh, you know, downtown Oakland. Maybe it's to go into San Francisco. Maybe it's whatever, the prayer walk, just to pray. pray this, like, get a friend with you. David had an armor bearer. Like, link up with someone. Don't do it alone. Link up with a group. Link up with your e-group. Whatever it is, like, get involved. Get involved. Do something. Be engaged. Let's, let's believe God for revival in the season that we're in. And th- let's not put our head down. Like, if we're going to put our head down, that's in prayer. You know, we're talking to the Lord. And I just want you to know that he's for you and he's not against you. And there's a plan in our season. And that's the encouragement I got out of, I don't know, coming back from Florida. Like, like God's got this thing. And he's got this thing in the Silicon Valley and I know that people talk about the Silicon Valley is like rough and all that. No, no, no. A page was turned three years ago. There's a word from Cindy Jacobs that we have anchored that the Lord's going to bring revival to this area. Let's believe him for that. Let's believe him for that. So I want you to be encouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraging myself. I'm strengthening myself in the Lord right now. I want you to be encouraged too that he can use you. Well, I, you know, I'm in my 60s. I'm in my 70s. Get on Facebook, just start, just release scriptures of encouragement. Like, get on Instagram, just release scriptures. Like, find words just to bless people and encourage people. 
That's prophetic. You can do this. We can do this. So I want us to see that, that thing open up. So Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters who are tuned in today. God, we want to we wanna be men and women who are, quote, found faithful. And Lord, in the middle of the, the problems, there are opportunities. In the middle of the restrictions, your heart is for revival. So Lord, I pray that you would uh, awaken the bride to look at all the possibilities for ministry that are around us. Lord, thank you for meeting all of our needs. Thank you for the provision that comes from heaven. Thank you that we're seated in heavenly places. Thank you, Lord, that we have the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding. Lord God, that we're actually called to, to calm uh, waves and storms. We're actually called, in, it's an invitation from you to us to actually bring the kingdom into our culture. And we give you praise for it, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would bless every single person. Um, and I just pray, God, that, that your heart would be displayed and they would step into the fullness of their calling. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless. Thank you.